Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Left circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Natea Jay, who's up across the 40, he swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines, he goes. Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, on the weekend, we said goodbye to one of the all-time greats from the Edmonton sports scene. Jim Dunleavy passed away at the age of 82. Longtime coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. He was 18 years on the sidelines, led the team to the Vanier Cup championship in 1972 and again in 1980. In 1993, he joined the Western Hockey League as an education consultant and built the incredible scholarship program that still benefits WHL athletes until this day. Truly a great man, and he was a member of the 2019 class for the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. We had him on Inside Sports in December, shortly after he was announced as an inductee, and Dunleavy had this advice to the next generation of coaches. Take advantage of every guru, every uh, every person who's highly respected in the coaching business, whether it's hockey or lacrosse or doesn't matter what. Uh, you know, one of my regrets is that, that I didn't tap into uh, guys like Claire Drake and Murray Smith and, and, uh, and Billy Moores and quality coaches. I mean, you know, you can X and O till your brains go nuts, uh, you know, worrying about how to run off tackle and all that kind of stuff. And and that was where I didn't take advantage of the subtleties of coaching. Uh, if you if we if you'd uh, heard Ken Hitchcock talk about Claire Drake at at Claire's uh, memorial, uh, you know, uh, just here he he spent so much time with Claire learning, and and I regret that I, we were in the same dressing room together and the same classrooms together and everything. And, and uh, I was so busy trying to figure out today's practice plan and how to run off tackle that I, uh, I, I didn't really dig deep into their knowledge. And I think that for any coach, I don't care how old you are, and, you know, they used to say about Claire, I mean, he would be at the front of uh, – he'd be invited to come and speak at a coach's conference, and then he'd uh, – He'd sit there in the front row taking copious notes uh, for the next guy that came up there. You never quit learning. As soon as you figure you got it made in the shade, uh, you're, you're doomed, as they say. 
That from Jim, Jim Dunleavy on Inside Sports in September as uh, he was getting set to go into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in 2019. Jim passing away on Sunday at the age of 82. Been reading a lot of memories and recollections and stories about Jim's career, and you'll hear a little more later on on Inside Sports tonight. Blake Dermott, our analyst for the Edmonton Eskimos games here on 6.30 Ched, played for Don Levy on that 1980 Vanier Cup team. So we'll get more from Blake in about half an hour. Jim Dunleavy definitely will be missed. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.09. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched, the Eskimos dropping to 4-3 and three on the weekend. That loss on Saturday in Calgary. Next game back at home where they have been much, much better this year and last. 10-2 and two since the start of last year on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Ottawa Red Blacks! Come to town on Friday, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off on 6.30, Ched. And the game will start at 8. And the Eskimos will have a new face in the lineup. Maybe better to say a new set of legs as they made a trade on Monday. Kenny Stafford, who'd been a pretty solid receiver for the Edmonton Eskimos, traded to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the Eskimos get kick returner Christian Jones, who's going to jump right in there and play this has been a weak area for the Edmonton Eskimos for a very long time. Marquise Jackson had some bursts this season with the Eskimos. A couple games where he looked pretty good, but he uh, had a couple uh, fumbles on the weekend. One he recovered, the other one he lost, and he was injured on the play. You probably saw the footage of him holding his arm as he went off the field. So he's likely going to be out long-term, so the Eskimos bring in Kristen Jones. This year he has a punt return average of 9.6 yards. The Eskimos punt return average is 9.8, and that's seventh in the CFL. Uh, he looked pretty good for Saskatchewan at times in, in 17 and 18. He has battled some injuries. You know, some word out of Ryderville that he's he's lost a step and consequently lost his job this year to some other guys who have been doing well. But the Eskimos are going to take a chance on him. Uh could be a high price to pay giving up Kenny Stafford. I know the Eskimos think they have uh, some depth at that position. Here's GM Brock Sunderland. We have a lot of depth at international wide receiver right now. Ellingson's going to be back this week, most likely. DeVars Daniels, if not this week, most likely next week at the latest. Josh Dingby's back. And uh, Ricky Collins and, and the crew, we have quite a few international wide receivers, so we feel we have the depth to do that. And ironically, they felt the same about their depth at kick and punt returner. So it was a unique scenario where... Uh, both organizations had needs the other that could help the other team out um, in depth where they were uh, giving away a player. Kenny Stafford, the Eskimos' third leading receiver this season with 366 yards. Ellingson, 457. Collins, 615. Uh, I mean, I thought Stafford was having a pretty good year, pretty reliable, pretty good catching the ball in traffic. Unfortunately, he had that well-publicized drop on the third down gamble in Montreal that was costly, a play that was working was likely going to get them well beyond the yardage they needed for the first down on the third down gamble so but they decide to make the trade christian jones okay here's here's the thing here here's the thing folks um his very first step with the football this is the first thing i'm going to watch for on friday this is the first thing i'm going to watch for on friday his first step with the football, I really want it to be towards the other team's end zone. That, like, that would be ideal. Start running with the ball towards the other team's end of the field. Jackson, 
he was pretty excited when he was getting the edge, and he was doing that for a couple of games. He didn't get the edge the last couple of games. And his first step was often sideways or even a little bit backwards and sideways because I felt like he was determined to try to get outside no matter what. And I think teams figured that out, and the last couple of teams the Eskimos played weren't stupid, and they were taking it away. Calgary certainly took it away. So I don't know if Christian Jones is going to come in and start taking balls to the end zone, but somebody who can get the ball forward and get some consistent returns. You know what? Earlier, you know, in July, we were getting to see a little bit of that from Jackson. We didn't see it the last couple of games, and then he got hurt. So this is the chance the Eskimos are taking, giving up a pretty reliable receiver for what I feel is, is still a bit of a question mark when it comes to the return game. But Kristen Jones, very happy to be traded to the Eskimos. To be quite honest, I was um, uh, on the verge of going in and talk to Coach Dickey anyway about um, my standing with um, Saskatchewan. Um, and it, I guess we was on the same page because that was the, at the same moment he called me in and told me that he was trading me here. So, so it's a welcome move for you then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Most definitely. So he knew how things were working out in the Riders. He wasn't seeing the field as much. He'd been scratched a couple games. So he's happy to come here. He was also asked today at practice, October 26th, when the Eskimos play the Riders. Do you have it circled? No, no, not at all. They'll see what I'm doing beforehand. So they'll circle me probably. All right. Well, he's, he's coming in cocky. Why wouldn't he be? Ah, Murray the Stamps guy is gloating on the text line, Kellen Kennedy. Murray the Stamps guy. I Uh guess I shouldn't call him Murray. I don't know if his full name is Murray. He calls himself Murray the Stamps guy. M-U-R-R, I believe. I just appreciate Murr's a big Calgary sports fan, and he listens to Edmonton Sports Radio. Must be my warm and accepting personality. I think he just likes you. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I did, my, my warm and accepting personality. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this texter simply says, what's Gizmo up to? Well, you know, I can actually give a serious answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Gizmo is a personal trainer. Yep. And he looks like he could still play. I, 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 mm. I, I haven't, I've been doing more stuff outside in the summer, but I see him at the Commonwealth Rec Center all the time in, in the winter, and he's working people out, and he's got his energy, and he's a, he's a very fit gentleman. Absolutely. So uh, maybe that, that's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, because he's been out of action for so long, I wouldn't put Gizmo at the top of the list, but sadly he's probably on the list for possibilities to be the next return man for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, You'll hear a little bit more from Christian Jones as we move along. Dave Campbell talked with special teams coordinator A.J. Gass. It has been a long time since an Eskimo returned a punt for a touchdown. It last happened, in fact, on August 28, 2015. To win a four-pack of tickets to the Eskimos game on Friday, I'm going to bring you on air after the commercial break. Who was the last... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Eskimo. To return a punt for a touchdown, we'll line up the contestants. 780-496-0063. Back after the break. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. 
run for the Edmonton Prospects over the weekend. They won seven home games, squished into five days, basically, including a 12-7 win over Brooks yesterday to make the playoffs. Catcher Jake Gary will join us later on Inside Sports. Blake Dermott coming up as well. The Edmonton Stingers next home game against the Saskatoon Rattlers Thursday at 7 at the Expo Centre. The Stingers have won nine in a row. Pretty good stuff going on there for some Edmonton sports teams. We want to send somebody with three friends. Well, I guess you don't have to take your friends, but I would recommend taking people you get along with, and hopefully Eskimos fans, to the game against the Red Blacks on Friday. It starts at 8. Our coverage will start at 6. It was in August of 2015, the last time an Eskimo ran a punt back for a touchdown as we bring Tony onto the show. Tony, do you know who it was? Kendall Hart. It was Kendall Lawrence. And do you remember how Chris Jones used to say his first name? Kendall. Remember that, Tony? Kendall. <laughs> All right, have you been to an Eskimos game this year? All right, to- Tony's speechless. He's so excited. That's okay. Kellen take down his info. That's... That's all right. Yeah, well, well, you know what? We broadcast these games. We, we have the call. Here comes the kick from Waters. Not this no, time. He's going to pretty much take it right at the 45, up across the 50. The midfield got a bit of a hole. He gets to the 40. Can he go all the way? Kendall Lawrence, 10, 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kendall Lawrence does the flip, 65 yards to the end zone. All right, August 28, 2015, last punt return touchdown for the Eskimos. The last kickoff return touchdown for the Eskimos, and there have already been a record number in the CFL this year, but that's even longer ago, October of 2014. That was also Ken Dial, the 96 yards against Saskatchewan. We may have more Eskimos tickets to give away later on in the show if you didn't win those. Some other roster notes for the Eskimos. Don Unamba looks good to go. Anthony Orange looks good to go. Greg Ellingson expected to return. David Beard should be okay. He, the, the center for the Eskimos, left the game on Saturday. He practiced today. Now, one thing to keep an eye on, Hugh O'Neill, you saw him not be able to make the tackle on the Stampeders kick return touchdown. He didn't look healthy on that play. He did not practice today. Uh, he may not be good for Friday. We'll keep a close eye on that situation in practice. It's uh, it's likely that Sean White would then have to handle the punting and the kickoffs as well if Hugh O'Neill can't play. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that for you as we move along. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text 630-630. The Eskimos special teams on Saturday was not good. They allowed the kick return touchdown. Sean White had a rare off game. He missed a field goal. He missed an extra point. If those swing the other way, it's it's the Eskimos trying to hold on to the lead late in that game instead of trying to overcome a deficit. Dave Campbell spoke to A.J. Gass, the special teams coordinator, about acquiring Christian Jones. Well, it's nice. Again, you know, the, the game has so many nuances that, that you bring in a guy who's unfamiliar with the league, he's going to make some mistakes that you're trying to avoid. So uh, bringing in a guy who's been in the league for three years, uh, he's got a, a, a great burst to him. He's a, he's a big, strong kid. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Punt return is huge. If you can get, you know, 10 to 15 yards for your offense, that's great field position swing. So I think he, he 
Definitely runs like the style we want to do. It's a straightforward type guy. Uh, he's got a great burst. He's a bigger guy too, so he can break some tackles, which is nice. Um, but I think just having a new guy back there, used to our style, I think he's going to fit right in. So it is exciting. Tell me about, I guess, just what happened on on Saturday and. It just almost seemed like a series of un- unfortunate events for you. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, we just got outplayed. Uh, the, the special teams phase was was underwhelming, to say the, you know, to put it nicely. Um, but it, when we watched the film, it, it was nice that we had some things to teach from. Mm-hmm. I think up to last week, there wasn't a lot of things that uh, we could point out and say these are direct, you know, direct errors that cost us big plays because we've done such a good job. So, uh, in, in a positive way, it was good to have something to coach off of. Our guys see it, uh, and I don't think we'll make those same mistakes, which is nice. Not to make excuses, because don't want to do that you don't want to do that but you had some changes uh, you bring in a peter sender he's new you know alex bazzi hasn't played special teams you had some special teams that are on the shelf right now does that make it difficult during the it get, allows you to coach more but does that make it a little more difficult going into a game especially with the talented returner that terry williams is yeah i mean they're, they're not only uh, strong he's not a strong returner but they got good guys blocking for him as well so i mean they're a total package when it comes to special teams um but for us i think the biggest deal wasn't the uh, uh, assignments, you know, things like that. It was just that game speed and game win that a few of our guys were trying to catch up to. Uh, the good thing is is they got it under their belt and they'll head this week and be a lot stronger. Have you seen a year like this with all the kickoff returns and you're facing a good one in Deadman on, on Friday? Yeah, it's insane. You know, I, uh, I I tell our guys each and every week that, it, you know, it doesn't matter who's back there. If he gets a crease, they're gone because every returner has the ability and it's been, a, uh, it's been an exciting year for special teams for sure you speak to Hugh O'Neill and uh, that was tough for him after he got hurt and he tried to make a tackle and you know people forget he was a linebacker in college oh absolutely and he's made some good tackles you know unfortunately he's made some good tackles for us this year but uh like I told the guys if our punter or kicker is making tackles then 11 guys failed and then it should never come down to that so that message was hammered home and I think everybody got it all right, a little bit there from A.J. Gass, special teams coordinator for the Eskimos. I, you know, I think the kicking most of this season has been pretty good and mixed reviews, but probably not quite a passing grade overall for the return team. Well, the coverage team has been okay until the weekend. A couple of people texting in, Kellen. Jordan Robinson returned a punt for a touchdown last season in an exhibition game. Yes, so that would not qualify as the last punt return touchdown for the Eskimos. That's we correct, do not yes. count exhibition games. We count regular season games. But oh, they're right. Jordan Robinson did bring that back. Chris texting in, do many CFL teams have a separate field goal kicker and punter? Oh, a few do. You know what? Off the top of my head, Calgary has different guys, right? Perez and Maver. And I think uh, does BC not have Bartell and Castillo? I'd have to look at at every roster, but de- definitely some. I mean, Medlock does both, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, geez, I'd have to go through all the rosters to remember all the kickers. Mm-hmm. But it's some do and some don't. It just depends it's on, a, on the skill set. Yeah, it's a special teams coach's preference, I but, think. Uh, well, and then how good the the kicker is. I exactly. Mean, I mean, for the Eskimos, actually, Hugh O'Neill punts and does kickoffs. Mm-hmm. And Sean White does all the converts and field goals. 
So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mix there. So O'Neill will kick off the tee on the kickoff, but not not to score points. All right, uh, you can text into six thirty six thirty our phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Blake Dermott is going to hop on with some memories of Jim Donlevy and also some thoughts on the Eskimos trade, on their loss to Calgary, on the upcoming game against the Red Blacks. We'll have Jake Gary on the catcher for the Edmonton prospects as they rally incredibly to make the postseason. And don't forget, 7.30 tonight, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott. Oh, we got a question about Dave Cutler. Is Dave Cutler one of the only kickers that ever kicked straight at the ball instead of sidesteps? Uh, I think back in the day, there used to be a lot more. It was uh, it, w- it, w- it would be out of this world now if that happened, but it, it used to be relatively common. <laughs> This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Rocky Four is on TV. Doesn't TSN do this every summer? They play all the Rocky films? Because I remember this came up uh, during a show a couple of years ago, maybe several yeah, years ago. Yeah, and they, they play also all play the Rocky straight through, or some of them. They play Caddyshack as well, uh, a couple other ones. They did Raging Bull, I think, a couple of years ago. TSN showed Raging Bull? Yeah, like a, that's a pretty real cleaned-up version of it, though. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Uh, what is it? I, speaking of uh, De Niro and Pesci, mm. what is it they got coming out? Is it, is it The Irishman? Yes, that's uh, so it's but it's basically a Netflix movie, but they're going to release it in select theaters mm-hmm. so it can qualify for the Oscars, right? But Netflix is a lot of movies are going straight to Netflix, mm-hmm. which I found which I find disappointing because I still like going to theater. You know what movie I missed that I don't I don't think it's in theaters anymore. Well, it's not downtown anymore. That's where I always go to watch that movie Crawl, okay, with the alligator, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I think we a, talked about a, it on the show. There's a flood, and people are trapped in the flood, and there's an alligator attacking them. Yeah, we talked like, about it on the show when it was coming out. Like, I just, I wish I could come up with these concepts for movies. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Anything with, like, an angry animal or a giant animal, I will watch. Even if it's, even you know what was on my, my cousin's visiting from Ontario. Uh, so it, it, this has been a very interesting experience to me. My cousin is... Well, I know he couldn't because I've asked him. He's a, he's a little older than me. Uh, we have a lot in common, but in some ways we're very different. My cousin is not a sports fan at all. Uh, like, if you asked him how many teams in the NHL, you wouldn't know. I don't think he could name an NHLer except for probably, he could probably name McDavid and probably Crosby. That would probably be it. Uh, and he, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have cable. So he's been watching a lot of reality TV on my TV. Like I'll just he's just sitting in the living room and he's been watching shows that I would not watch. I'm not, I'm, I apologize if I don't get the titles right, but I believe he's been watching uh, Pawn Stars. Is that a show? That's a show. Yeah. And what's the one? Is it Storage Wars? Yes. Okay. And what's the one? Jeez, uh, is it called Bar Rescue? Mm-hmm. Okay. Where the, the guy then he just like yells at the bar owners? Yeah. Okay. It's it's like uh, the Gordon Ramsay thing, except it's with bars instead of restaurants. So, okay, so I've seen bits and pieces because he's been watching quite a bit of this television to the point where I'm a little concerned for him. 
but you know, I guess he, he likes these shows. But then last night, Dark Man was on one of the channels. Oh, Do you yeah. remember the old Sam Raimi movie? Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand? And what was the other guy? The guy that played Benny on L.A. Law. I forget his real name. But like, Dark Man, that is the ultimate Sam Raimi comic book, quirky, intentionally cheeseball movie. Right. It, like, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So anyway, uh, Dark Man was on. I, how did I start talking about this? Because TV there's listings? alligators. Because there's alligators, and that even if it's a cheesy movie like Dark Man, I will watch it if if they if they know it's being cheesy. Right. But these reality shows, I I don't get their popularity. You got Storage Wars, Pawn Stars, and what's it called? Bar Recovery. B- bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Yeah. Right. I've seen all three of them. Like out of the three that you, you mentioned, I've, I'm more of a fan of Bar Rescue than the the other ones. Storage Wars is kind of snoozy, and I, I've, I find. But uh, yeah, Bar Rescue is pretty good. All right, and then we saw the end of a show called I think it was called Intervention. Ooh, that's a good one. It, it was. It made me feel awful. I, I just saw the very end, and it's got the young man, and he's with all his family members and his counselor or therapist. And they're saying, okay, are you ready to go into therapy? He's like, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then they say, okay, well, we're, you know, there's a car ready to take you. You're going in this afternoon. He's like, oh, okay, okay, I guess I'm going. And they all hug him and say goodbye. And then it shows, it shows him checking into the, the recovery center. And I'm like, okay. And then the show ends, mm-hmm. and it's black. And then the text comes up, and it says, Johnny checked himself out of the rehab center two weeks later and is continues to use fentanyl. So how am I supposed to feel about that? Like they show you the happy visuals at the end and then the text says, no, he's still a drug addict. I guess it's a popular show. Kellen's speech. I was speechless. I, I was I, like, what's happening? I'll turn it on from time to time. Like- well, I, I've been exposed to several new sh- and my cousin, like he's been here a day and a half. Well, okay, you know, it's been longer than that. I mean, there's there's better shows on that channel that are are reality based that I watch all the time, like the um, uh, well, there's the 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 police one that's live, the live PD. That's what it is. That's really they good. just follow cops around live. This yeah, and, and they call it like activity? it's like a live sportscast. I, I have all these channels. There's a color commentator and everything. Read. I don't have all these channels, or I, I do have all these channels, but I don't watch a lot of them. I guess a lot of it just doesn't, does, and reality television has never really interested me. I guess I'm a weirdo, Kellen. <laughs> uh, Bruce says, sheesh, if you clean up Raging Bull, it will be five minutes long. That's, that's from Bruce, who is the big Killer Dwarves fan, and they're here October 11th, he reminds us. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. Uh, Raging Bull would be five minutes long, Bruce, and Goodfellas would be about seven seconds long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a great movie, by the way. Uh, John says, read the movie censorship in mainstream television is stupid. They can show as much graphic violence as they want, but show a nipple or say the F word and people will ride in the streets. John, thank you for that. I did not expect that we would be uh, touching on that topic today, but I appreciate it. Share Bear writing in, she says, read, don't you know who Chumley is? Name the show. I can't name the show. Who is Chumley? I have no idea what Chumley is. But doesn't know either. Hey, Kellen and I ain't up to date, folks. I've heard the name. I'm Googling now. She spelled it C-H-U-M-L-E-E. Yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, he's on Pawn Stars. Okay, that's why I wouldn't oh, know. Oh, he's on Pawn go. Stars. He's on Pawn Stars. There we go. Okay. He looks like a rather interesting fellow, though. Well, Share Bear, thanks for <laughs> reaching out and educating us tonight. Uh, this texture says, I listen to Inside Sports for my entertainment, which is an excellent idea. That's from James. Reality Radio. I think we're probably... I, I, I would prefer listening to this show than watching reality television. And a serious text from uh, from this texter who says, I was listening, and uh, when you hear old tributes, it sucks. R.I.P. Jim D. That's, I believe, from Harry, Jim Donlevy, passing away. And we'll get some uh, remembrances from Blake Dermott coming up after the break here. I, I do want to quickly give a shout-out to uh, Mike Bateman, Darcy Ennick, all the organizers and volunteers of the 1932 by Bateman Open, which wrapped up on Sunday at the Edmonton Country Club. Taylor Pendrith, a Canadian, won the tournament. First Canadian to win on the McKenzie Tour since 2016. Shot a course record 62 on Sunday. 17 under par for the tournament. Three-shot victory over Lawrence Chan. Will Bateman, the Edmontonian, who we had in studio last week leading up to the tournament, he ties for 10th at 11 under par. So uh, congratulations to Taylor Pendrith. Pretty good showing for Will Bateman as well. And on Saturday, Kellen, I got to go to the country club and MC the Million Dollar Hole-in-One Challenge. Turned out there were 28 contestants, 175-yard shot for a million bucks on the par 318th. Nobody got the hole-in-one. It was a tough shot over a ravine. It's visually intimidating. And then it's a, it's a green with a big false front. So if you're not right up there, it can really roll off and, and go off the front. That happened to some of the golfers. Uh, Brock Crossan, who is the son of Oilers scout Jim Crossan, was closest, although he hit a brilliant shot about 10 feet away, stopped uh, just back and right of the pin and stuck. So he was closest to the pin. Great shot. But I had to hit last because I was emceeing by the green. So then they drove me on a cart across their, their bridge, and, and I hit the shot. So uh, my shot, well, it, it wasn't on target. So here's the thing, Kellen. There's, the ravine is there. Okay. And I'm thinking, just get it over the ravine. Do not duff one into the ravine. Don't hit a worm burner into the ravine. So I probably teed it a little higher than I, than I should have. And I, I got to hit a few on the range. So I, I was loosened up, Kellen. And you know me, when I'm loosened up golfing, watch out. But anyway, so so I, I hit the shot and I look up and the ball's in the air. And I and this is all going through my head in the, you know, in the two seconds it took to track my ball. But I mm. had the first sigh of relief. Thank goodness. The ball is in the air. It's not plunking into the ravine. Right. And then, you know, watching the trajectory, I was like, okay, I, I pushed it right. So it was a ball that... On a baseball diamond, it'd be going to right center. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of thinking, all right, it's going to probably you know, go in that bunker to the right of the green or maybe just outside the bunker. So I pushed it right, and then as it's going over the ravine, it's sliced. Like, so it's already going right, then it's sliced. So just to anybody at the country club over the weekend or in the days to come, if you find a pinnacle in the parking lot, that's my ball. You can uh, drop it off at 6.30, Chad. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. I don't, well, I don't think it made the parking lot. There is there is a stand of trees there. And hopefully it just was the parking lot and not somebody's front windshield. Well, there, nothing appeared to be smashed on, on Saturday night, so I, I, I think I escaped. But a, a great event. They did a great job staging it, and I appreciate it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being included in the hole-in-one challenge. That was a lot of fun. 644, you can text 630-630. Blake Dermott, next guest, Inside Sports. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. The Edmonton Eskimos hopeful to get Greg Ellingson back in the lineup Friday against the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll have the game for you on 6.30. Ched, countdown to kickoff will be at 6. The game will be at 8. We will not have an episode of Inside Sports on Friday night. We'll have the football broadcast for you. The Eskimos coming in at 4-3. and three, And I, I've brought this up before, Kellen. 10-2 and two at home since the start of last season, 3-10 and 10 on the road. They just, they cannot get it done on the road. It's a lot of different players from last year. It's uh, it's a lot of different members of the coaching staff. I, I felt like last year, well, I didn't feel like it. I mean, I think it was, it was a fact. It's a pretty obvious observation. They could not put games away in the second half. They would have mm-hmm. the lead in second halves of games, and they would sputter out in the second half. They wouldn't score. They would barely score. They couldn't get a first down or two to take the clock down and, and run the other team out of time. But this year, they're they're falling behind. I mean, you're behind. You're playing catch-up the entire time in Winnipeg. You outgain them. You can't finish drives. You don't get touchdowns. Montreal, too many mistakes. You fall behind. You can't catch up. And then uh, in Calgary, you, do, you don't score in the first half. You're down 9 nothing. Yeah, you catch up and tie it give up a kick return touchdown. Jackson fumbles the punt return. You take too many. By the way, I should bring this up. The defense did not commit a penalty against Calgary. The defense did not commit a penalty at Calgary. The offense committed eight. Uh, Jason Moss is going to be in with Morley Scott at 7.30, so they will touch a little more on that. Right now, we will go to the King's Court with Ryan King, brought to you by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. Back to King's Court on 630. I'm your host, Ryan King. I'm here with James Tuck and Tanner Green. Uh, we're going to start with James Tuck coming back from an Achilles injury and coming back and being uh, such a big special teams impact. Uh, how did re- uh, rehab go and um, how good does it feel to be back playing as good as you've been? Uh, the rehab process was intense. Uh, it was really slow at the start, so I got to be at home, spend some time with the family, which was nice. But at the, about the two-month mark, I really kicked it up a notch, and uh, the the progress started to really come in. And uh, about five months, six months into that, I was basically fully back. But by then, the season was over, so I was into full off-season mode, which was great to have a full off-season. And to be back in Edmonton playing is, you know, it's amazing. Um, uh, my words can't describe. So every day I play, every game I play, it's just, uh, you know, it's a blessing. That's awesome. You've been in the league six years, uh, played for Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, uh, and back now with Edmonton. Uh, how's it to be, uh, you know, a leader on our special teams? You've been in the league six years. You've played in a lot of teams. You've seen a lot of, uh, played in a lot of games. Uh, how is that going into the leadership role uh, with uh, even younger guys coming up as Tanner here behind you? 
Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, I, like you said, I've been on a few teams, so I got to experience a whole slew of different leaders from different teams and kind of, you know, taking little things I've learned from, from those guys um, and those teams and getting to, you know, bring it over here and now, you know, being a leader myself. Um, it's it's really cool to impart you know a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of you know the game within the game with some of these guys, and uh, I, I I definitely enjoy it. That's awesome, and you probably give a lot to uh, your roommate Tanner Green. Uh, Tanner, local kid from Lacombe, Alberta. Pretty cool story, getting uh, drafted in the fourth round last year, getting into eight games, and now uh, off to a good start this year. Tanner, how's it been uh, coming into your second year, uh, off season stuff? What did you have to kind of adjust to uh, what you learned the first year? Now going into this year yeah well the uh the first season was was crazy for me coming from you know college and then and then not as many years playing uh before that uh it was hit me like a ton of bricks um so i'm really glad i was able to get into those eight games i did um get a feel for special teams get to get a feel for other guys in the league and and where i stand in comparison to them and then uh off season i i knew kind of what i needed to work on i wanted to get faster um along with getting stronger more explosive so i I worked hard all off season and i got my head in into the books like the the offensive playbook and then uh coming back this year now uh i feel like i I really fit with the team um i'm on all teams now i'm stepping into a fullback role on the team and uh it's not so much it's not so hard mentally anymore now that I've, i've been here for a year and it must be uh pretty cool for yourself to uh, be able to get kind of coached up uh, by Kelvin McCarty, veteran uh, veteran fullback. Uh, how cool is that to be able to kind of play behind a guy like Cal and to, to learn from a guy like him in the locker room? Oh, man, uh, Cal's the best. Uh, not only does he have loads loads of experience, like it's there's so many things he does that's just leading by example that I can look at, not, not just him, you know, telling me things. Um, and Honestly, all the all the time I can get with him, the better. Um, and uh, yeah, let's. It's well said. Let's move into the the roommates uh, on the road kind of thing. Uh, not only are you guys roommates on the road, but you also live together. Talk. How's that been? Uh, kind of taking a rookie in uh, and living with them uh, during the off season and on the road. No, oh, it's, it's it's been great. I met Tanner uh, this year in training camp. We were. Um, we were roommates in the hotel at training camp as well, so got to know each other a bit, played the same position, obviously, and on special teams, we were both, you know, valuable guys, so, you know, we're just always talking shop, and then I got to know Tanner a little bit. We, you know, share interests. We play video games together and this and that, so um, he asked me to be his roommate because he had a spot. He found it early on and uh, said, yeah, absolutely. It's cute. It's a cute little story there, how you guys came together. Um Tanner, if you guys were, uh, you know, obviously you're both special teams demons on punt, punt return and everything. If you and Tuck lined up against each other one-on-one matches, how many uh, out of ten do you think you could uh, take uh, take Tuck? Take that gun. Oh, come on now. I, I, I can't. I can't. Just give me a number. I'm not going to go there. Hey, Tuck will. Tuck will. I already know that. Uh, who is? For me, how yeah. many I'd take? I'd say right now... Probably seven. I'll give you seven. Being the veteran you are, uh, Tanner still has some some things to learn. Uh, who at the house, Tanner? Who's uh, who's cleaner? Uh, who's cleaner between you and uh, you and Tuck? It's definitely me for sure. Definitely you for sure. Who's uh, who's a better cook? Uh, definitely me for sure. <laughs> so uh, tell me one thing that Tuck does. 
Well, he, uh, he likes to chew and he likes to play video games. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, the next one was who's the best video game player. So, uh, uh, Tuck, I'll uh, let you uh, proudly answer that one. Well, you know, it depends what game you're playing. I think uh, I, I, I win in the sports and, uh, and and maybe, like, the shooter games. Tanner's uh, a big, uh, what's that game you play? League of Legends. Big League of Legends player and, like, strategy game kind of guy. So. Who knows? Video games are sweet, right? Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. I'll, I, as I always do, enjoy watching you guys uh, rock guys uh, all over the field all the time. You guys are both good Canadian kids uh, holding it down. So that's it for the episode of King's Court. I'll see you next week on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in. Trivia there. Okay. Morley Scott wrote and played the musical intro and extra. Cool. That's Morley on all the instruments. King's Court every Tuesday, courtesy Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. You can text 630-630. John says, Reed, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but Pawn Stars is pretty good. Some of the stuff that comes into the shop is really cool. The other day, a guy brought in a complete set of Topps NHL cards from 1954-55. It's like the holy grail of hockey cards, apparently. That is from John. Well, that does sound interesting. Indiana Jones and the holy grail of hockey cards. That should be the next movie. There we go. Aren't they making another Indiana Jones? I don't know. I, possibly. I'm not sure if who owns the rights. There's though. always something Lucas in development. Does, right? There's always something in development. Mm-hmm. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. Here's what we're going to do. What should we do here? I had a couple different ideas. We got another four-pack of uh, Eskimos tickets to give away. We will do... Uh, you'll just, you can just tell Kellen the answer for this one. And Kellen, I, I know I haven't told you the answer yet. So I'm just going to double-check the answer because I'm 99% sure I know what it is. 780-496-0063. We were uh, talking about Jim Donlevy earlier on the show. Unfortunately, he passed away over the weekend. He was the coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team the last time they won the Vanier Cup in 1980. So to get a four-pack of tickets to the Eskimos game against the Red Blacks, who did the Alberta Golden Bears beat in the Vanier Cup in 1980. Uh, You will not have to go live on the air. You can just tell Kellen the answer when he gets you on the line. Who did the U of A Golden Bears beat in 1980 to win the Vanier Cup? We will have some uh, memories of playing in that 1980 Vanier Cup game and for Jim Donlevy with Blake Dermott in the next half hour and uh, we'll have Edmonton Prospects catcher Jake Jerry on the show as well. A dramatic run to the playoffs for them and now they're getting set again to play Okotoks in the opening round. Eskimos coaches show 7.30-8 with Jason Moss and Morley Scott. Talk to you after the news. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.